You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Yes, indeed. We are back from the bye, and it's all business here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Chris McPherson alongside my man, Alex Smith. Missed you during a long weekend. I miss you, too. You know, uh, we appreciate all the feedback and support we've gotten from the last couple of podcasts. Uh, Vinny Curry, great personality. Had a lot of fun having him here in studio and also hearing from his former coach and mentor who was with them on draft day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's tremendous that these relationships that the players formed back when they were young and have carried through to this day. And then the North Dakota State dynamic duo yes. of C.J. Smith and Andrew Bonnet, two players who are currently on the practice squad, but it's amazing that you have three guys here from the FCS powerhouse mm-hmm. that is the Bison. And it was different podcasts because we typically have taking the opportunity to learn about the player and to have someone speak on the player's behalf. Where this time we had both guys in studio and we learned about North Dakota. Yeah, and they kind of bounced off each other, which I think was the good thing. Yes. But that was a really fun podcast to do, a really fun interview with the two of those guys. And it's funny because if you ever post or you tweet anything about these North Dakota State guys, the Bison fans are always <laughs> there to retweet you and, and you know reach out with comments and, and things like that. So it's really fun to see how, you know, that following in North Dakota, it's real. And it's not just for Carson Wentz. And of course, Carson has a lot to do with Mm -hmm. it, but they really support all their buys no matter where they are. So that was a really fun interview to do. Uh, How much time in the offseason do you think we'll be spending in North Dakota? I would really like to go. I'm really looking forward to it. I know a few reporters have, uh, from the local area have made their way out there. I'd like to see it because it sounds like it's the city of Fargo around game day. It sounds like a really good time. So I'd like to go. My father works in Belcourt, believe it or not. It's okay. on an Indian reservation. And he's worked out there for a number of years. And he goes back and forth, spends a couple weeks out there, a couple weeks back home in the North Jersey area. And I haven't had a chance to go out there. And my wife and I were actually talking about just taking a trip, taking the kids out there to see what it's like. And now I'm like, well, we're definitely going to be going out there now, especially with the way these guys have helped the Eagles get to this uh, 3-0 start. I've seen the movie Fargo, and I've seen both seasons of the TV show Fargo. Look at you. Before or after the Eagles selected Carson Wentz, number two? Before. Okay. So I'm actually uh, looking forward to see how things match up to the movie. I hope it's a little bit friendlier, and I'm sure that it is, (laughs) than the, uh, the way the Coen brothers painted it in the movie. So again, thank you all for the support. This past week, the Eagles Insider Podcast was ranked in the top 35 among all sports podcasts on Stitcher, so that is tremendous. This week's episode, we're going to go back to the traditional format. We're going to learn about a player who was drafted by the Eagles and has bounced up and down between the practice squad and the active roster and spent some time outside of Philadelphia as well, and that's defensive back Jalen Watkins. And We thought this was a good story because he has a brother who was very high first-round draft pick and Sammy Watkins, who's with the Buffalo Bills. Jalen and Sammy actually were teammates for a short period of time there in Buffalo. Jalen was on on the practice squad there after he left Philadelphia. And it's amazing to see a guy who came into the league as a mid-round draft pick. You know, He was the first pick of the third day of the draft, top of the fourth round, and still had to find his way. You know, came in and... Obviously, it was someone who earned a spot on the roster, but you know, was going back and forth between that and the practice squad, but still had to find his way in the league. And he really has come into his own this training camp, and he had a great preseason, and he's parlayed that into a key role in special teams. And he's a guy who, you know, you think about guys who are on that bubble, you know, could be here one week, may not be here the next. Right. You feel like he's going to be a guy who the Eagles like and want to make sure they keep around and develop. Yeah, he was a guy, you know, the fans had high expectations for him as that fourth round pick. 
and as you'll hear once we get to talk to him, that there were some circumstances around switching positions mm-hmm. and things like that, which is tough for a rookie to do. I mean, if you stay at one position, it's tough enough for a rookie to find his way in the NFL. So he, he kind of had to move back and forth, and that kind of affected things. But he's really found that niche here on the Eagles as that third safety. He can play a little bit of corner. Had an excellent preseason this year, and, and he plays well on special teams. So he's really found that role, and I think he's had a really interesting journey to this point in his NFL career. All right, so then a little bit later on, we will talk with his former assistant coach in high school, who's now the head coach at Cape Coral High School, Larry Gary, and we'll delve into why we wanted to speak with him. But first, here on the Eagles entire podcast, Alex and I chat with Eagles safety, Jalen Watkins. Jalen, the pride of Cape Coral High School. Got to go back during the bye week and have your number seven retired. Take us through that experience. It was something that they wanted to do last year, but uh, you know I had busy schedule with being released and being in Buffalo. So actually, the administration that wanted to do it, few of them that were there when I was there, they left. Oh, really? This past year, so I thought, man, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, my, I missed my chance to get my yeah, jersey exactly. never retired. So my coach is still there, though. The coach that I was with for three years, he was a coordinator, but now he's the head coach. And he called me and was just like, I've donated and helped buy jerseys and cleats for guys who couldn't have them. And really? okay. he just said it's something that he really wanted to do. And Nate Allen is the only other player to have his jersey retired. So when I was there, nobody could wear five. And I always thought that was so cool. Now it was my turn. It was, it was pretty good. So who was there with you on that day? My fiance was there. She graduated from Cape Coral High School. My grandfather, who was a security guard there my entire career there, and then my mother and my grandmother. So you were a prolific quarterback in high school. It turned into like a, just kind of like a wildcat thing, and then actually threw the ball pretty well. My senior year became full-time. I didn't play any defense or anything, just strictly quarterback, and we had a 10-0 season, so it was pretty good. Were you okay with just going to defense full-time, or did you kind of hope that maybe you know, going through college and being recruited by college, that might be something you could do as well. Well, actually, my junior year, I had already made a verbal commitment to the University of Florida. So, and we had five other guys go Division One: Miami, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. There's plenty of them. And guys after that, that was on that team. So I felt comfortable not being on defense because my team was really good. And that's what they needed me the most, that quarterback. So it was, it was pretty easy. So when you were being recruited by Florida, were you hoping to be a quarterback, or did you want to be a defensive back? No, any team that recruited me and you know even spoke of offense, I was just like, eh, I don't know really? if I want to play offense. Yeah, because my family, I have a cousin that was at Michigan State at the time. That was a corner. He played with Oakland for two years. My uncle played at Jacksonville. Who was that corner, uh, Jeremy Ware. And my uncle played with Jacksonville one year, corner. So, And then my uncle was at Liberty, four-year start at Liberty, corner. So it's kind of like ran in my family, and um, I just thought I would be a better corner. The DB family, yeah, exactly. so to speak. So why did you choose Florida? Obviously at that time was when they got the two, the 08 and the 06 is what I saw. Going up there, not being, it's three hours away from my home. And the DB coach had Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins. And so it was that little era of the defensive back room being really good. So I kind of was just like, if I want to be part of something great, it's right there at my home. I want to go there. Plus Urban Meyer. So it was a lot of factors. It was a great time for me though. Is Florida the real DBU? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's guys on this team. We probably Malcolm, Jalen, who's going to argue all day. Of course, I'm going to say that. You know, I ride with my guys that I play with at Florida. But like Ohio State, LSU is definitely arguable, man. Who's the DBU? And it's even Miami, they may have not had any in the recent times. But if you look at their past and their history, they have a lot of DBs. So what was your favorite memory at the University of Florida? My junior year, we had a really good season. We were... 
11 and 1. We finished the year rank 3, waiting for Notre Dame to lose to possibly get into the national championship. It didn't happen, but um, that was our most successful year there. And that entire year was just great with the coach of my champ. Going back a little bit further, can you talk a little bit about growing up with Sammy uh, and your relationship and, and, and how that's kind of grown over the years with both you guys in the NFL now? We have different mothers, um, same father, but it's amazing how Fort Myers is a small, it's a big city, but the Dunbar community is very small. So it wasn't a situation where I didn't see my brother. We actually stayed like two streets over from each other. Sand lot ball, pick up basketball, racing, freeze tag, whatever. He was out there and we, you know, it was just like a friendship. You know, my brothers down the street was actually really cool. We never got a chance to play together because he had his another older brother under his mom and you know, he played for my rival Pop Warner team. Me and his older brother are the same age. So he played for my rival Pop Warner team, which only makes sense for him to go to that team, too. I think my one year on, like, Pee Wee, we played against each other, both quarterbacks. Who won? My team actually won. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, wait. He actually did win that game. But <laughs> then, you know, we went to the same middle school and was hoping to go to the same high school. But, you know, we live in a kind of a rough neighborhood and it's a school across the street that most of the guys go to. I didn't want to go to that school, and I didn't want to go to Fort Myers High. I wanted something different. So my grandfather worked at Cape Core. Me and him have the same. This is our paternal grandfather. Okay. Worked at Cape Core High School, and it was just something different. And the crowd out there was different. And I just kind of always had a stepfather as a coach or uncle. Somebody's on the staff. So I was like, this is my way to, you know, kind of branch away from them and go earn something. And I went out there, and, you know, he was supposed to come. But then, you know, he played with his older brother at South Fort Myers High School. So I went out there, and you know, had a great career. He went to South Fort Myers and broke all kind of records. And my team was either one or his team was either two in the county. And we never had a schedule. It's weird. We really? never had to play against each other. Was there ever any discussion of him going to Florida? It was big when Urban Meyer was there. And then we had the thing where Coach Meyer got sick and he kind of took a leave of absence and Coach Dizio got the job. And I think Clemson was on him pretty hard too. So it was out of us and Clemson. And I think he built a closer relationship with Dabo at the time with Coach Meyer stepping back. And it actually turned out to be the best decision for him. So I'm happy for him. So you were a fourth round pick of the Eagles and he became a first round pick of the Bills. When he was going through the draft process, did he come to you for advice on how to handle things? No, man. I mean, I was going to him for advice because, you know, he at the time had the highest grade. I was kind of unsure. I was hearing so many different things. So it was just good to hear from him and like see him doing well and then kind of taking myself away from my like what my draft process. Really? It was actually pretty fun watching his process with the commercials and signing with Adidas and all these different things. For an older brother to see that kind of you can step away from yours and, and watch him and get out of your, your zone. I read that you guys used to text each other before games. Do you still do that? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm always checking on him. I have a little niece. We rarely get to see her because we both play in different states. But any chance we get, we, we try to keep in contact because it's hard being in the NFL and different schedules. And sometimes you just want to go to bed. Sometimes you study. So, you know, you kind of got to make sure you put the extra effort forth to check on everybody. Now, for a short period of time, you guys finally became teammates. Yeah. So did Sammy playing in Buffalo weigh into your signing with the Bills practice squad? Yeah, as soon as I got released from here, I kind of reached out to him for just advice. And I didn't know if he reached out to Buffalo or anything, but, you know, I had a few offers on the table of a practice squad, and then Buffalo came, and I was just like, well, I just talked to him about it, and I called him and kind of asked him about their DB room, the coaching staff, and I just, at the time, I was like, well, I don't have it. I never played with my brother. This is an opportunity for me to go up there and play with him. And if I'm going to get signed off another team, whatever, it'll happen. But I can go up here and spend some time with him and get better. Then you end up getting signed back here to the active roster. Did it feel kind of 
full circle to, to come back? Well, I know from watching the previous guys that got cut who were in that bubble right at the 52, 53 mark, usually made their way back to the team. So, you know, I always watched every week and me and my agent to make sure any guys weren't getting hurt and whatever. But at the same time, I took my time over there to get really better. Just so happened, Detroit, I'm watching the game. I think it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. My birthday. Watching the game, I'm actually going to meet Sammy at another player's house, and Nolan goes down. And I just say to my fiance, I'm like, that'd be so crazy if they call me back. You know, we're packing our stuff and getting ready to go over to the house. And my agent called me and was like, hey, you have a flight in the morning back to Philly. They signed you. I was like, that's crazy. So you knew. Yeah. You knew. And I went to my brother. He was just kind of like, well, I'm happy for you. And I actually got a lot of time on my niece. So it was just kind of like, she was starting to warm up to me. It's like bittersweet, but at the same time, it was good for me. So what was it like going against your brother in practice every day when you were in Buffalo? Well, I definitely got work because practice, he was getting 10, 15 targets every day. So it was really good for me. And being able to put on the other team's number one corners jersey, and then at the same time, I can be a little more aggressive with my brother because we're competing. You know, it's no hard feelings. I'm just trying to get better. So it was good for me confidence-wise too because I think he's one of the better receivers around here. So when I came back and actually got thrown in the fire, when it came to running with guys down the field, I was, just, I was doing this every day with my brother, Percy Harvin and Robert Woods. I'm like, I can do this with anybody now. So it actually helped me. I know he's dealing with a foot injury now, right? What's your communication with Tim been like through that? The main thing is you got to get healthy and you can keep trying to come back and, you know, and re-injuring it. But your main focus is getting healthy so you can produce because I know once he's healthy, he'll be a top five receiver. But the main goal for him is just getting healthy and taking care of it. How integral during that time in Buffalo was it to being where you're at now where you're entrenched on the 53-man roster? You're probably not worrying each and every week. Am I going to be the guy in the bubble to go up or down? How much did that time in Buffalo help? It was definitely one of those self-realizations time. Like I tried to, you could sit there and point fingers. I feel like I did that a lot of points in my life. And I was like, this time I'm just going to find out what I did wrong. I was able to go back and watch film of the preseason on the iPad in Buffalo and just continue to watch what I, the mistakes I went wrong. And I addressed them there. You know, it's just like, well, maybe when my time come, I can see how much I progress. And then when I got back, things just start clicking. And I was just so grateful that I didn't go over there and just kind of, you know, just stand around, slumping around my brother, slumping around with the guys. I just took every day, like, hey, I'm going to get better. So it's easier to when you get that low and your back is against the wall. There's only steps to go is forward. So like I said, if I would have came back and didn't take advantage of the opportunity, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. So when you were first drafted here, I think you were drafted to play corner. Now you're playing safety. Uh, made that switch when Jim Schwartz came in. Is that something that's kind of daunting as a player to, to be asked to change positions? Or is that something that you're pretty comfortable with? That's one of those things where I said, because it happened to me kind of when I got here with Chip, too. I was playing a little safety corner. She did in college, too. Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. You know, I played safety that spring, and then we traded Boykin the first day of camp, and I got moved back to corner. So it was kind of like you work your way up a depth chart, and then boom, you get switched. So I just was like, I know I can do it. That's the thing that made me so valuable with being drafted. And I kind of made excuses before oh, they're switching my position. Instead, this time, I just said, next time they switch my position, I'll take it and, and run with it. So, Well, Jalen, there's a lot we could get into, but I know you have meetings to run to. Uh, so thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you. Well, Alex, great stuff from Jalen. Soft-spoken, but very good answers. Very smart. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And quite honestly, there were so many other places yeah. that I wanted to go with him. I know that during the season with meetings and things like that, it's right. hard to get him for a long period of time. But his favorite player, 
growing up was Domin McNabb. Right. He grew up in an area that produced players such as Javon Curse. But it's just a very interesting story, and it's amazing you see a guy come from such a great football area, but not all those guys make it to the NFL. So enjoy the time with Jalen, and hopefully we'll have him on down the road to kind of delve into some of that other stuff. Yeah, and it was funny that you know he, he had to get to meetings, and he's got so many meetings to go to because he's in special teams. He's in other players' meetings and defensive backs, so he's got a lot to do. But as he was leaving, we, we just happened to mention, you mentioned, oh, you know, we didn't even get to talk about McNabb. And he said, oh, he's my guy. Yeah, like, exactly. you, you know, he wished that he would have had. <laughs> <laughs> a few more minutes to talk about Donovan McNabb, but a really good interview. I think he's a really, really intelligent football player, mm-hmm. and the coaches talk about that a lot when, whenever they're asked about him, but I think he's just a, a really fun guy to talk to as well. All right, so now he talked about having his jersey number retired, so how about the man who helped oversee his high school football career and is still there at Cape Coral to this day, and that's Larry Gary. He was an assistant coach back then when Jalen was playing there. He is now the head coach there of the Seahawks. So here's our conversation with Larry Gary, where we just talked about how Jalen was as a person in high school and how did Jalen make it from this area of so much football talent all the way, persevere to make it all the way to the NFL. So our conversation now with Larry Gary. Larry, first thing I want to ask you is Jalen Watkins had his number seven retired during the bye week. What is your favorite memory of Jalen from high school? My favorite memory from high school, really, Jalen as a student. Athletes not, don't get a whole lot of credit for being a student athlete, but I can remember Jalen as a student aide when he came to his station, bringing his books, studying, trying to complete high school. Now, Coach, something that Jalen told us during the interview was that it's not that he transferred to Cape Coral, but that wasn't the school that he typically would have gone to for high school. He wanted to get out of the area and go somewhere different, somewhere that gave him a better opportunity. Since he came in as sort of the new kid on the block, so to speak, how did he handle acclimating with the new students right away, coming in as a freshman and maybe not knowing a lot of the other kids? Jalen was a very good observer. He was a quiet kid, just observing the scene, making friends with just the positive people at the school. But he, he did come from across town city mm-hmm. to Cape Coral High School, and which was a better environment. By his grandfather working at the school, that made it even better. Now, Coach, you played at North Fort Myers High School, so not too far from there in Cape Coral. The amount of football talent that comes out of that area is tremendous. How did Jalen stand out? How was he able to become one of these players to not just thrive in high school and college, but make it to the NFL? Well, I think making it to the uh, NFL is a level of uh, preparation. You know the percentage of making it to the NFL is very low. But Jalen, through hard work and dedication, was given an opportunity. And we always thought that he has had a chance to make it to the NFL. But Jalen was smart. He worked hard. And he, he was just a disciplined kid, and he wanted to be the best. That's what he did in practice. Jalen got pulled up at the varsity level as a freshman, and Jalen knew that was his stepping stone through skipping a couple of levels like the JV, going right into the varsity level. And he knew that he had to work hard and be competitive in practice, and that was a stepping stone to him getting to the level he is today. How tough do you think it was for him to 
avoid any other distractions. I know he was from, you know, a different part of the town and all those things. Was it tough for him to kind of stay on that right path or was he someone who always seemed to have his head in the right place? You know, we tell our kids it starts at home and it does. Jalen had a very structured home life and he had a lot of support. His mother uh, being a school teacher and his grandfather being actually the security guard at our school was his stepping stone, was his guideline. He come from a home that taught him good manners. He never hung with the crowd. In other words, he, he wasn't a follower, mm-hmm. and he made choices that was right. Coach, is that something you see from a lot of kids having that support system, or is that something special in terms of Jalen's case? I think it's special. We do have very few kids that have that type of support that Jalen had. But Jalen, he was well-groomed from his home life. He just was an overall good person. You know, you can't say enough of good things about him. I don't see any negative things that came out of Jalen's career here at Cape Royal High School. And it's all, like I say, it starts at home. Jalen was telling us about how he used to play quarterback before switching over to defense. How good of a quarterback do you think he could have been if he would have stayed that route? I think if he would have had some good tutoring at the beginning of his career, Jalen mm-hmm. could have played everything. The game that stood out to me as the quarterback, we going down to Naples to play Naples, which is a powerhouse team in Southwest Florida. One of the players that was featured in this high school was Carlos Hyde, which plays with the 49ers today. Mm-hmm. We was behind at halftime. Coach put Jalen at quarterback. We not only got in the game that third quarter, but Jalen took over the game at quarterback. And that's known for him being such an athlete. He was fast. So basically what he did was ran the wildcat, took snap, and ran the ball. They just couldn't catch him. He was just a stone athlete. Jalen was put at the quarterback because he was the best athlete for that position. By him being the athlete, we want the ball in his hand. Now, Coach, you worked with him on the defensive side of the ball, and he said that's the part that he loved the most. How good was he in high school in that aspect of the game? Jalen just had a lot of natural ability. Now, not to think how smart he was, Jalen finished high school before the high school was over. He enrolled at Florida during the spring year. Really? So being smart, being better conditioned, and this being tougher, Jalen caught on quick. And the confidence, I'm telling you, basically what we did with him was we cheered more for him than coached him because he was just a smart kid. And even last week when we retired his jersey, he comes over at halftime because we was down, and he, he, he said, Coach, we try this, try that, try that. <laughs> and I, I said, Jalen, when it's over with, you don't coach football. The kid just has a great smart for the game. So speaking of him going back there to have his jersey retired, I know he's told us that, that he's gone back a few times to his high school. How much do you keep in touch with Jalen to this day? A lot. I call him a lot. His younger brother also plays over at Cape. So we talk when I need to talk to him about certain things pertaining to his brother and try to use the communication 
through Jalen to get to his brother. Jalen is actually close to the family, so we talk all the time. Coach, he said he was only the second player in school history to have his jersey number retired, and coincidentally, the other player is a former Eagle in Nate Allen. What made Jalen so special that the school decided to retire his number? I think it was well-deserving. The things that he accomplished, the class, and talking about Nate, in a sense, they could be labeled as football brothers because they had that same attitude, the same humbleness, and the same work ethic. We just don't retire jerseys. They has to be a special, special person to have that jersey retired. And I think the level he played the game, what he put into the game, and what he's given back to the school, we did the right thing. Larry Gary, the head coach of Cape Coral High School in Florida. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you. It's great hearing these people who are actually honored. You know, we talked to Larry briefly after we wrapped up the interview, and we mentioned how usually when we do the interview with the player, we say, who would you like to speak on your behalf? And Mm -hmm. Jalen was like, I would like to, you know, Coach Garrett to speak. And it's great to hear that we tell it to the coaches, and the coaches are like, they're proud that they had that kind of impact on the players. I think that's been one of the most interesting things for me in doing these podcasts every week, because I didn't play football in high school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whenever we ask these guys, who can we talk to? Who can we reach out to? It's almost always, oh, it's my high school coach. And they always have their contact info. Yeah. They always, they, yeah. they always you know, right away, oh, yeah, I have his, I have his phone he number here. Call him. Jalen yeah. knew off the top of his head. Yeah. He didn't I mean, look at his phone. Some guys have to at least take a phone out to check. No, he didn't. So for me, it's been really interesting to see how these relationships with their coaches from high school have stayed with them over the years. I think that's been one of the coolest parts about this whole podcast. And Jalen's coach, again, just raving about him both on and off the field and talking about that family support that that Jalen had. I think that's gone a long way in where he's going with his career. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Eagles Entire Podcast. Again, thank you so much for all the support on iTunes and Stitcher. We will be back with another episode next week. Special shout-out to Ricky Shu and Brian Thomas, the producers of the Eagles Entire Podcast, the guys who help make things happen behind the scenes. For my co-host, my main man, Alex Smith, I'm Chris McPherson. You've been listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast.